The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rainmaker.fm is brought to you by Authority, the content marketing training and networking community dedicated to accelerating your skills and success. Registration for Authority will close to new members on Wednesday, September 30th, 2015. Go to com to learn more. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers, from online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll find out how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Author and Fast Company editor Joe Berkowitz stopped by the podcast this week. His latest, a humor book titled, You Blew It, An Awkward Look at the Many Ways in Which You've Already Ruined Your Life, lands this October. And he took a break from his busy schedule to rap with me about how he survives the harried life of a big city journalist. In addition to his work for Fast Company, Joe's writing has been featured in The All, Salon, The Village Voice, Vulture, Rolling Stone, GQ, and McSweeney's Internet Tendency, among many others. For a writer who works with breakneck deadlines and almost never gets a rest from the writing life, he has some pretty solid advice for keeping the cursor moving. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of the file, Joe Berkowitz and I discuss how a bad breakup can boost your productivity, when to throw out the rule, all killer, no filler, how to build your writing endurance, Don Draper's advice for beating writer's block, how making lists can help your head, and the magical power of 4am dementia. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. Thanks so much for listening. Mr. Joe Berkowitz, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, jump on the Writer Files and talk a little bit about your uh, writer's process. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's funny because I've been following your, your journalism for quite a while, it seems, via Fast Company. And I get it in my inbox, in, in my email inbox. It's funny how often I click on your articles and I'm just like, oh, there's Joe Berkowitz again. So that, so I had in mind from early on, uh, to chat with just about writing and, and stuff in general, but I understand you have a book coming out too soon. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of stuff going on, I guess. 
Um, lately, if you've been seeing more of, of my, my stuff in your inbox, it's probably because I had uh, my editor, she left journalism altogether to join advertising. And so I was uh, sort of stepping up as the uh, interim editor and also just putting out more interview-based, longer articles more often than I do. So I've had like a lot more. Uh, my girlfriend's been worried about me lately because I've been, you know, <laughs> staying up late in the night writing almost every night. So right, right, busy, busy times. So you're a, you're a very busy man. But everybody is. I I try as hard as I can not to talk about that, like at parties and stuff, <laughs> because yeah, I don't know. So yeah, everybody. <laughs> Everybody's busy. Well, this is the place to talk about how busy you are. But um, for listeners of the podcast who might not be familiar with your story or just um, kind of your background, can you tell us a little bit about your your background as a writer? Sure. I uh, I started off my career. I was in publishing. I was uh, an editorial assistant, and I was very slowly rising up uh, the ranks, like barely at all, at a glacial pace, and um, See, after, I guess, a, I'd always had ambitions to be a writer, and I just never really tried to get anything published. And then after a particularly bad breakup once, I just got um, super motivated, and I started submitting things. And the first place that published me was The All. And uh, yeah, at first, I just you know, would send them things from time to time, and then I, uh, I wrote something for Salon. And it just stored, sort of started to snowball. And then like a year and a half later, uh, Fast Company, they were starting out their pop culture branch, their vertical called Co-Create. And I've been uh, writing for them ever since. And I've taken on a more editorial role over the past couple of years. And it's been, it's been really cool. That's awesome. So you, I mean, you've really done a lot of different uh, journalistic work for many, many different uh, publications. Where can we find some other of your writing out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. There's there's a bunch at the All. I do TV recaps of Saturday Night Live for Vulture. Uh, over the summer, I wrote wrote a, a piece about romantic comedies for Maxim, and I've written I wrote about uh, my anxiety about shopping for GQ. <laughs> uh, write for Rolling Stone online sometimes. Yeah. I keep uh, I keep track of it all. I have like a Tumblr. I need to upgrade to just you know my own website. But I, 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 my Tumblr, I have uh, links to all the publications I've written for. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and I love um, your headlines for a lot of your stuff is pretty um, wry and <laughs> rather sarcastic at times. But um, you've got like a copywriter sensibility, so I'm always clicking on your stuff. It's good stuff. So, what are you presently working on? Oh, uh, well, right now. Yeah, as you mentioned, I do have a book coming out. So that's coming on October 6th, and I've been writing pieces to try to promote it. And so that's been taking up a lot of time. That and also I'm working on a proposal for the second book. So that's uh, that's something I've been doing a lot lately. And the most uh, the thing I've, that I've written that's been the most popular it's been an illustrated series about dating and relationships, and uh, I haven't written part in almost three years, and I've just um, done like a final installment, and that should be coming out either this week or next week. But I've been working on that in dribs and drabs all year long because it's just kind of a 
I write those differently than everything else I write. Uh, it's called my superpower is being alone forever. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's like uh, eight to 10 paragraphs. Each one has an illustration corresponding with it. And uh, I mean, I know, you know, the goal in general of writing is just, you know, all killer, no filler, just have no dead air. But like, I honestly just try make every single line count more than <laughs> usual with these. And it really takes me a long time. And because um, considering how long it had been since the previous one I wrote, I was just so careful and so worried that I would uh, either disappoint people who still remember the first uh, first ones and, or, I don't know, just Godfather 3 up the legacy of it or anything. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty self-deprecating about my stuff. And, I, you know, I, 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 I doubt that I have that big of an audience. But honestly, this is my, my best remembered stuff. Like I've had people come up to me that I don't know and mention having read them. And, um, cool. yeah, so I, I don't want to disappoint anyone who remembers the other ones. So it's been uh, a long time coming with that. Yeah, those are good. And you teamed up with an illustrator for those. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Joanna Naborski, she is, uh, she's a wonderful artist, and unfortunately she didn't want to, to do any more of these, and you know, I don't want to keep doing them forever either, just because there's only so long you can write about dating, I think, sure. but, uh, so she, is, uh, she isn't working on the new one, I uh, have a, a different illustrator that I thought might be, might be right for it, and I'm happy how her uh, work came out, it looks great, I think. Very cool. So I will link to those in the show notes as well. And uh, it's some fun writing. Absolutely. Thanks. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime that's patreon.com slash the writer files help us start something cool and special keep calm and write on so let's talk a little bit about your productivity as a uh working journalist and now published author who has a book coming out how much time per day would you say that you are reading or doing research for your projects well uh with fast company stuff I have to either in the morning or at night spend at least two hours scouring the internet looking for interesting things going on that I could possibly write about for this day. Um, yeah. I am half kind of a blogger and then half, you know, just total interview based, you know, straight up journalism. So somewhere in the middle, because I do both. And in the process sometimes of just looking for stuff to write for today, I will often get ideas where, oh, I need to reach out for that person and do an interview. So, you know, while I'm looking and like while I come across, you know, the new, like today I saw the new Jungle Book trailer. And, yeah. you know, uh, I have to write up things. I don't have to, but, you know, 
if it looks interesting, it looks like people might enjoy it. I write up things like that. And then during the process of looking for, for interesting things that fit into our tone and our voice, uh, I find you know, longer things and end up researching those. So, uh, and then throughout the day, I'm monitoring um, on, on Twitter and uh, through other like RSS feeds and whatnot, what else is going on. And then, uh, yeah, then I also, you know, try to like keep up with, with other with, with magazines um, on the weekend. But, you know, it, it, uh, sometimes you just get, get sick of, of uh, ingesting in so much stuff. That's right. That, that's right. You, you do overload. I think at times if you're doing all that stuff, it sounds like there's not a lot of time in between those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, so before you actually sit down to, to write uh, a project, do you have any pregame rituals that you that get you in the mode? Not really. Uh, it's just I, I have to sort of psych myself up, especially with work. There's the incentive of if this doesn't get done, then, you know, we're going to have a bad day of traffic and I'm going to look bad. That's a great incentive to get going. And then uh, on the weekends when it's, you know, or at night when it's my personal writing, I don't know. I, I mean, the, you know, coffee, there's, uh, it's not that I don't have anything really, you know, um, anything major or specific. It just kind of takes me a while to work up to it. And I just have to, I don't know, just, just psych myself up mentally. Yeah. So it sounds like you're writing every day. Or do you have to force yourself then to take days off? Um, no, it, it, I've gotten to the point. It's like, it's like working out, you know, if you never work out, then there's nothing to feel guilty about. But if you do it, you know, all the time, then the days you don't, then you're like, oh man, like, uh, you know, you get a little jittery about it. And that's how I've sort of gotten about writing. Cause I, I have to do it every day for work. Yeah. Um, even at least once on the week, either Saturday or Sunday, I'm writing for work also. So then I, I feel bad if I, uh, if I don't like squeeze in some time for my other, uh, stuff. So I, uh, while I was writing the book, what I did was after work, I would go to a coffee shop because I mean, you know, I know that like, <laughs> it's not an original thing going to a coffee shop, but the change of, of setting it felt like a distinct changing of the guard, you know, for the day. It felt like entering a new phase of the day. Like I was writing for work. Now I'm writing for the book. And I don't know. It sort of made it seem like, like I hadn't been writing all day, even though I had. So just <laughs> that, that little changes like that. I feel like it's a psychological trick. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it sounds like you've got like just committed kind of scheduled sessions. Obviously you're probably sitting in an office, uh, during the day and then, uh, hitting the coffee shops when you are working on a project outside of work in the evenings. Mm -hmm. So do you find that you're, that you are just forced to be productive, um, day in and day out and you don't really have a, a most productive time or do you have like chunks of time where you feel like you're, you're getting the most amount of words? I think ideally it's early afternoon. I mean, uh, I, I've heard a lot about like right when you wake up that that's your most creative time. I've heard a lot of people say that, but, and I, I think it, it's possible, but I just have a very difficult time forcing myself to do that. I've tried it before and I think I've had good writing sessions that way, but 
just the, the lack of sleep, I think, is a, is a hurdle to overcome. Maybe if you go to sleep at like 8 or 9 o'clock and you wake up at, at, at 5.36 and get to writing, maybe then that, that could be optimum. But sure. uh, yeah, so for me, I like a good night's sleep, wake up, and then just you know mosey on over to the computer and start typing like, I don't know, 10.30 and get a few good hours in. And then, it, yeah, it feels amazing. Awesome. So, um, are you someone who likes to stick on headphones or, or do you prefer white noise or silence? Yeah, I like silence with unidentifiable background noise or just some kind of, just something going on. And I hate hearing people's conversation, which makes it sound uh, like a paradox that I like being in coffee shops. I don't know if you can just hear muffled the sounds of people talking. That's not bad. But if I'm next to people who are just having like, I don't know, you know, those public, you know, <laughs> when people talk, have those conversations that yeah. you just sort of get the sense that they want other people to hear. <laughs> totally. And I've been guilty of it too. I've been, I've noticed in the subway, sometimes I'll be talking to someone and I'll just, there'll be a thing in my, it won't be on purpose, but I'll just sort of catch myself being, this stuff is entertaining. I, 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 <laughs> People are getting a free show here. So I guess it's something everybody does probably. But yeah, when I'm next to those kind of people writing, it can be annoying. And I make horrible, exasperated faces until I like catch myself doing that. And uh, you know, then I'll, I'll just pop on headphones. <laughs> so here's the million dollar question. Do you believe in writer's block? Well, I think that you can get to a point where you feel like you have no fresh ideas. And... I think it's good to stop for the day maybe then, but I don't think that there, I don't, I don't think there, there should be, or, you know, there has to be, you know, a, a prolonged writer's block. I've, I've never written a novel. Uh, I've never even written a decent short story, but so I, I, I don't know if uh, that's a different kind of writer's block, just not knowing how to end this thing or something like that. But, you know, when I've written, you know, the kind of things that I like to write, and I get to a point where I just feel like I have nothing good to say at the moment and it's just not going anywhere. Honestly, I think time is the only cure. You know, you, you, you go out and you just don't think about it for what was it? Uh, yeah. On, um, the greatest advice I've heard recently was on Mad Men of all things. It's just, uh, yeah, it was this exact situation. It was, um, someone on the show, I forget who couldn't think of an idea and they were just like, what do I do? Don Draper, Oracle of everything. And he said, um, like, you know, think really hard about it, then let it go, and it'll, um, and then it'll come to you, or, or later on. Damn, I'm totally boggling this. But yeah, <laughs> that's basically it, is that, you know, you put a Herculean effort into coming up with a thing, and then just forget about it, and don't think about it for a while. Yeah. And then when you come back again, your subconscious will do the work. And honestly, for me, I have these moments where... If I'm working on something and it's like not like a thing that's due tomorrow, but a thing I'm just working on over time, I'll have moments where my brain is on the clock and I don't even know about it. I'll be doing something completely different, but this thing will just pop up. Something will click. And so I really do believe that, you know, there's work being done there if, uh, that you, that, you know, like underneath the surface just yeah. by itself. If you, I think you maybe have to get your brain to a place of that. You have to be processing information so often and you, your brain, I guess, just gets used to the way you, you take in facts and 
use that for your output. And then after a while, maybe it just does it on its own and then it uh, announces itself uh, at unexpected moments, like on the treadmill or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally believe that. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, great um, journalists and copywriters kind of ascribe to that theory that, you know, the input kind of equals output, but you know, your, your, your brain definitely does a lot of that work in the background for you. So mm -hmm. I love that. Just a quick pause to mention that the writer files is brought to you by the rainmaker platform, the complete website solution for content marketers and online entrepreneurs. Find out more and take a free 14 day test drive at rainmaker.fm slash platform. So let's talk about your workflow a little bit. What um, hardware or, or typewriter model are you working on over there? Um, just uh, a MacBook Pro. That's basically what I do. I've, I've never, uh, I, I'm one of those people who has a lot of empathy and uh, can barely comprehend the age of just only typewriters. I, I don't know, just uh, it seems so difficult. And I know a lot of people still prefer to work that way. And I know it's more uh, writerly and literary, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I just make, I, I have so much rephrasing and yeah. I make so many typos. I'm completely comprised of typos basically. And I, I so yeah, I, I, uh, I would have great difficulty working on a typewriter, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. My dad worked on a typewriter, but, um, he had, you know, at that point, I think he had a typewriter that like could erase stuff <laughs> or mm -hmm. like go, go back and, you know, but I think it's, yeah, it's, that's, it's like, uh, it's made for that one time when you go back, you're like, Oh yeah, I want to fix that one sentence. <laughs> that but one I'm word. Fix the same sentence so many times and then yeah. I'll get rid of the sentence and then I'll bring it back later on and get rid of it again. Uh, have you heard of the Heming right? Actually, I'm not sure what it's called now, but I think they changed the name of it, but it's a, um, it's like, a, it looks like a, an old typewriter, but it actually is a word processor that connects to the cloud or connects to Dropbox or something like that. So, um, it's not connected to the internet, so it prevents you from kind of, uh, being distracted, but it, it does save all your work and allow you to kind of go back and forth. And oh, that's cool. I haven't heard of that. I'll have to send you the link to it. It's, it's pretty, I, uh, I haven't gone um glommed on to uh google docs as much as i know i should or just basically anything cloud-based I, I i have some google docs but i like working in word and then saving them later on in google mm. docs and that's one of the things that i've been teased about by people who are younger than me and <laughs> I, so i don't know if maybe one day i'll I, it's just something about the way it has to I don't know, I think it has to pause sometimes and you just can't see your words for a second and then it, it, there's like a delayed effect as it's saving. Maybe that's it. I don't know if that's the thing that's the, the holdup, but yeah. <laughs> sure, what, one day I'll, I'll be a total convert, but now I'm just basically using it to save things occasionally rather than as my sole writing uh, template or whatever. Gotcha. So for all the different projects and pieces that you're working on, um, on any given day, how, do you have any organizational hacks to kind of share with writers? Yeah, I have, um, what I do is every Sunday I plan out my week, uh, in two different ways. I make like a weekly goals sheet, which is just, you know, the broader stuff, like the big things I have to finish. And then I have, uh, another, you know, doc that has just, 
uh, breaks down day by day what things I need to be, do by each day. And it's a little confusing. I'm probably going to have to come up with a way to, to I hate to use this word, but optimize it uh, because right now it kind of mixes in my work stuff with other stuff. And so that kind of gets confusing and, and uh, sometimes makes it difficult to prioritize. But uh, it does help because even if I make this list on Sunday and then on Monday or on like Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't look at it. I don't look what am I supposed to be doing today. I have a general idea and I know that I have it written down somewhere. I know that earlier this week I took the effort of like looking through my emails and looking through, you know, just maybe somewhere I put a note on my phone, got to do this soon and organize it. So somewhere it's all written down and that I've been doing that only this year but I don't know, I've been real. I've been pretty on track this year, so uh, so I'm, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to keep up with. Like I've missed a week, and then I know missing one week is the beginning of stopping something forever. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, you know, uh, it's hard for me to be evangelistic about something I've only done for uh, three quarters of a year, just about. But um, but yeah, it's been working for me so far, and I, I hope I keep it up. Do you? struggle with procrastination at all yeah yeah I, I want so much to be the the kind of person who doesn't wait until the last minute to do everything and it it's not as if i always do that but it tends to be like my default setting and it's something i have to actively fight against is just you know like oh i have till next week to do it oh well, you know that, that's several days where i don't have to do it so cool rather than you know oh, i'll get on that now and then it'll you know i won't have to wait till the last minute <laughs> and I think part of the reason why is because uh, I know that I can work well on a deadline and that I know that you fully realize the extent that there are 24 hours in a day when you have like a day before something's due. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm pretty good about, you know, if something's due tomorrow, I will stay up all night and I'll write it and then somehow those those times the desperation involved will somehow pull up out some 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 really cool turns of phrase or or some metaphor I wouldn't have thought of or something like that or just some weird structural um, adjustment so I don't know if it's something about you know that that weird um, 4 a.m. dementia but yeah um, so that, that's not like the way to approach every single project but sometimes um, Yes, sometimes that, I think that's what's responsible for, for the procrastination, just having this assurance that, okay, well, if it ends up being that only like I wait till the last day to do it, then I know I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like to, I like the idea of being not that person who waits for everything, waits for the last minute to do anything. So um, it's something I, I, I fight against. <laughs> So how do you unplug um, once you've hit send after that 4 a.m. dementia kind of powers you through? (laughs) Well, um, see, you know, yeah, I guess it varies. uh, I I would like to be more of a reader and I have been in the past, but I feel like reading has been dwindling more to just the thing I do on the subway and – occasionally at night but so yeah my my default mode tends to be lately just that uh end of the day i end up just you know uh watching a movie and like maybe like a glass of wine with my girlfriend or something 
and um, I go, I, I work out, and that's really helpful. Um, just, just the, the you sit down so much when your job is writing, yeah. and especially you know like uh, yeah. So when I'm sitting down a lot. If I don't get to do something physical, then I just I feel really bad. And so uh, an, an end of the day run is really good. I, I, I try to, I've been trying to work out in the mornings recently so that I can do uh, personal writing after, you know, I get off the, the fast company clock and uh, that's been working out pretty well, but there's something to be said about the blowing off steam factor of when you're like on a treadmill and you're listening to some, like some, you know, pretty loud, fast music and, <laughs> at the end of the day that there's something nice about that. Yeah. So, um, have you ever thought about a, a standing desk? Um, well, uh, working at fast company there, you know, uh, on top of all the business trends, uh, you know, I, I particular, uh, niche there is in entertainment and pop culture and, and stuff like that usually, but you know, I still pick up on that kind of thing. And so there's been a lot of chat about, uh, about standing desks and people have them. Um, I don't know. I think I would be, I'd be interested in trying it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Um, I read this book by AJ Jacobs where he wrote the entire book. Uh, it was like, you know, doing a big fitness makeover on himself. And that was the, what the book was about. And then he wrote the whole book on a treadmill desk. Wow. And I was thinking, you know, the whole time I was in an admiration and I was thinking that would be pretty cool. I mean, if I was like, you know, instead of, you know, like eating almonds and drinking seltzer all day, I was on a treadmill too. <laughs> but, uh, I just, I, I, it would take a lot of work to, to shock my brain into, you know, getting used to it and be like, well, this is what we do now. This is, we <laughs> write. Yeah. So, uh. So yeah, I, I, it's something I've I've considered a little bit, but uh, nothing I've implemented. Although I don't recommend it, the genius of the 4 a.m. dementia is a real thing. I think Balzac would agree. Thanks for joining me for the first half of this tour through the writer's process. The second part will be published next week. For more episodes of The Writer Files, or to leave us a comment or a question, just drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. <laughs>